Have you ever felt like the work you were supposed to love is instead sucking your soul and you aren't making the impact you always dreamed of making? If so, you aren't alone. From broke and underemployed to six figures plus, powered only by daydreams and grit, I realized I was burning out and my values of freedom, purpose, and making an impact were taking the backseat to my wallet. I realized that I needed to build my own field guide to awesome from the inside out. So I gave it all up and I traveled the world to rediscover what was most important to me and create a business that filled my pockets, filled my soul, and allowed me to multiply my impact. But the question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our community of experts and share the secrets of success from the inside out. My name is Trina Sarekia, and this is the Field Guide to Awesome. Welcome back to the Field Guide to Awesome, folks. In my last episode, which was a special midweek episode, I spoke with Barry Reeves. Barry is one of the expert guests I interviewed on my summit, Allies for Racial Justice 2020. Barry Reeves is the founder of Change Factory Live. He's an organization and training and diversity and inclusion strategist with 25 years experience leading and managing teams, projects, and engagement in government and nonprofit organizations. Barry retired in 2019 after 24 years of military service. From October 2015 until his retirement in 2019, he served as Senior Equal Opportunity Advisor for the Department of Defense Diversity and Inclusion Program. In this role, he was charged with developing the strategic direction, implementation, and alignment of integrated global diversity and inclusion initiatives for soldiers and civilians. He designed and delivered diversity and inclusion training programs and communication materials globally that supported high-performing teams, inclusive leadership practices, and improved overall ability of the DOD to attract, develop, and retain a diverse workforce. Barry and I spoke about systemic racism. If you missed it, I invite you to check it out, both his episode as well as the Allies for Racial Justice Summit 2020. But stick around, folks. My next guest is Tammy Dunnett. Tammy is a workplace bullying survivor and is using her experience and knowledge to help others conquer conflict. She provides free resources on her Facebook page and offers small group masterclasses. We had an awesome conversation, and I can't wait to share it with you. Join me in welcoming Tammy Dunnett. Hey, Tammy, thank you so much for coming back. I really enjoyed our conversation last time. I thought it was so powerful. You had so much to share. And I really wanted to dive in a little deeper with some of the things that you were talking about, especially your conquer conflict. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Tell us a little bit more about you again. Like, who are you? Where are you from? Yeah, so my name's Tammy Dennett, and I'm from Canada. I'm a little bit north from where you are. <laughs> And um, my background in terms of the Conquer Conflict company is I am a survivor of workplace bullying. I went through four years of being a target and not knowing I was a target actually initially. It didn't, it took me actually two years before I found out I was really being targeted. I thought I just had a bad boss. Mm. You know, we, we tend to rationalize behaviors and personalities and conflicts away and we think we can manage them. And what I realized is I had all the wrong tools for that particular relationship. And so at that two-year mark, when I finally clued into what was happening, which may sound silly, but I really was, I really thought I had it managed, but I didn't. 
<laughs> I did not have anything managed. Um, that's when I was starting to get sick physically and mentally. And it took another two years of me trying to fight. I was fighting, trying to get things resolved to my resolution, to my standard. And I was not successful at all. It had gone on too far. And I ended up getting really sick to the point that I was afraid to leave my house. I was afraid to even look at my uniform. My body would tremble. I was reduced to tears on my bed. Um, I have goosebumps just thinking about yeah. it because it was such an ugly place to be. Yeah, it sounds like trauma. It definitely trauma. was trauma. Yeah. And when you look on in like nursing groups and you hear nurses talk, I've heard this phrase that nurses tend to eat their young. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that. Um, so I have my own podcast where I talk to nurses and one of the people I just interviewed said, you know, I hear you say that every once in a while, nurses eat their young. She goes, and I was really wanting to give a different perspective because I haven't had that experience. And then she went on to, sh you know, share how she has seen people treat others in that way. And I go, that's it you've either seen it or you've experienced it yourself that nurses do not always treat younger nurses kindly and I love hearing stories where people have never experienced it that's the world I want but the reality is many go in there and they have an expectation that is not met whether that's how they should be treated how they should be welcomed how they should be mentored and it's in those differences where conflict sits and if it is not addressed right away it festers and it becomes bigger than it ever needs to become. And that's usually where I come in. If I can get you in that spot and I can give you some tools, you don't have to worry about the future because you're going to manage it now. But if you yes. wait, if you wait, like I got goosebumps still thinking about all of my journey and all of those that I've helped stop that cycle of conflict and bullying in the workplace. If you wait and you become sick, then you have a bigger fight. And yes. you can do it. I mean, I did it myself. I had to claw back and claim my life, but it's not the journey I want for you. And that's beautiful that you're sharing what you've learned and it works. You know, yeah. you, it looks, it sounds like that you went through hell. You went yep. through the, the full life cycle of what bullying can cause you to experience. Mm-hmm. So at first you're, you're dealing with uncomfortable people, people who are being mean and who are just bullying and you think you got it because you're a strong person. You know, you don't get into nursing, into healthcare if you're not a strong person that it takes strength to do what you do and you think you're managing it. And then you find out that you're really not because you, the rest of your life is being affected. Mm -hmm. You know, you start to dread going into work. And, and this is something that I think people who have transitioned from corporate into entrepreneurship have experienced at some point, you know, where um, I can remember myself dreading going into work. It's, you know, it's not just the night before dread. It's the Friday dread of Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was in my forties. I think I was in my forties when this happened. And all I remember is looking at myself in the mirror and saying, you are a grown ass 
woman, what the hell is going on? Why can you not manage this? And I wasn't looking at my tool set. I was looking at my goal, my solution. Mm. And even though my solution was a good solution, it wasn't working in the system in which I was in. Yes. And so my approach was flawed and I didn't know any other way. Growing up, I was shy. So shy, I wouldn't speak my mind. And as I grew up and I had moments where conflict was presented to me, I knew I either had to find my voice or I was going to become a victim. And I found my voice early. But the problem was that doesn't work in every situation where you stand up and you speak up. It doesn't always work in the manner in which you, you do that. And so I was doing exactly what I'd done before. Like I had taken an owner of a company who treated me so poorly one day. I left and I didn't even say I was leaving work. And I was a secretary at that time. So there's many people who have that skill set. He could have canned me in that moment. But I came back the next day and I stood in his office and I waited for him to come to work. He's the owner. Let me just remind you of that. <laughs> Not just my supervisor, he owns the company. <laughs> and I said to him, I go, if you ever treat me that way again, I will leave and I will not come back. And then I went to my desk and I waited. I waited to get fired, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And that didn't happen. And I worked for two more years for him and he never mistreated me again. And I thought that's the answer to all of my conflict. <laughs> but it wasn't because when I came up to this person, the bully, I also did the same. But to her, it was a challenge of authority. Oh, You see, and so before the owner of that company, he didn't see it as a challenge. He thought of this as maybe he respected me because I spoke up. She took it very differently and it was a challenge. And for four years, we butt, we butt heads until I yeah. gave in. I just was one day, I'm like, she wins. And I realized in that moment, I had actually given my power away to her long before I actually verbalized oh. the words that she wins. But in that moment when I succumbed to it and I said, okay, I'm sick, I'm not well, I'm struggling, that was where I was able to start to regain and recover. But until that moment, I was too busy fighting. Yeah, it sounds like that was an epiphany moment for you. Yeah, I didn't know it was an epiphany moment in that moment. It's only on reflection back now that I recognize that was the turning point where my power was starting to come back because then I could focus on my health instead of focus on fighting to win. Mm. Yeah. So tell me more about your con conquer conflict program, because it sounds like you have over years, personal experience and observation in the healthcare community really found a process that helps people mm -hmm. conquer the conflict and, yeah. and move beyond that into healthy working relationships. Yeah. I think life puts you where you're supposed to be. Now I would never wish this experience upon anybody, but I consider it to be my greatest gift now in that it has taught me many more ways of communicating. And that one way isn't a, it's not a one size fits all. So that's part of the gift that I learned. The other piece is that the empathy that I have for others in their challenges is enormous. I was that person before who would have been like, oh, suck it up. They're not here forever. You can get another job. And I didn't have the empathy 
in terms of what people were struggling. So that's been my greatest gift. I, I take those lessons from my experience. And, and as an aside, you said, you mentioned that, oh, I can get another job, mm -hmm. but there are types of people. And if you don't learn to deal with a person who is a bully type of person in one job, you're going to find them wherever you go. That's right. They Until come you back. Learn that lesson. Yeah. That's right. And so that's what happened to me. So the gift, the gift I learned from there, I thought, awesome, I'm ready to go. I can take on the world. And so I left that job and I went into another one. And as fate would have it, I ended up teaching communication skills for four and a half years in that job. And at first I felt a little bit like an imposter in the sense that how am I supposed to teach people to manage conflict when I allowed myself to be bullied for four years and I didn't see it. But the gift that that job gave me was that I was able to dive into communication skills at a much deeper level with more intention and with greater purpose. I had now classrooms of 50 to 100 students that I was to guide through these challenging times. At the same time, I was studying my master's in nursing and I focused on lateral violence in every course I could fit it into. And I got to learn it so deeply. I mean, obviously, I already knew it, but I got to put the academic pieces to it. I was teaching it in my class. I was seeing the results, the massive impact it was having. And I realized what I had was that perfect storm. Mm. I had walked through it. I had seen it. I know it by its name. I had the academic and the theory behind me and the experience and I was getting the results. And so conquer conflict really is accumulation of all those three factors. What a powerful program. Tell mm. me, you mentioned a word that I want to make sure that my listeners understand lateral violence. Yes. Tell me so about in, that. In healthcare, those are the terms we use for the word bully. I find a lot of people don't like the word bullying. There's a negative connotation. It's almost like a victim mindset when you say, tell me how your workplace is. Do you have any issues with bullying? Many places will say no. Mm. We don't have any bullying here, but we have conflict. And so in the literature, they call it lateral violence or horizontal violence are the two that you'll often see to represent workplace bullying. And so that is bullying between peers. Oh yes. Yeah. It's, it's used to define bullying between peers in the workplace. There is another one called, um, hierarchical violence. I actually can't remember. You may have to edit that part out. Uh, there is another term that represents the violence between your supervisor and the employee. And that's different from what you teach in conquer conflict. I cover all of it. You know, my experience when I was bullied had evolved around the relationship of a supervisor and an employee. And so that is where I find I can help a lot of leaders in terms of how do they position themselves to not be accused of bullying. Was my bully a true bully? I believe she evolved into one. I don't believe mm. that was her intention to begin with. I think she did what she knew Again, she had one strategy, I had one strategy. And if we were to go back and do this again, I feel like we would totally rewrite history for both of us. But she evolved into a bully because I was pushing, I was fighting, and the two of us together created that situation. And it was her response to what she saw as conflict and yeah. how she perceived that conflict. Yeah. yeah, I don't think people intentionally go out to be mean. They don't intentionally, I hate, look, 
I'm sure there are some exceptions to the rule. But I think most people are kind at heart and good at heart. They have ways of dealing with conflict that are not always beneficial. We them. all have ways. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. There isn't a day when I look back, there is not a day that I think she woke up with my name on her lips and thought, how can I ruin her day today? I don't believe that was her intention. I believe she thought, how can I manage this problem? How can I get this person in line? How no, it wasn't about ruining my day. It was trying to get, elevate me in her mind to be the person I needed to be to work alongside her. But I saw her as an enemy, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I, I would tell myself that she's trying to ruin my day, but I don't believe that actually was her intention. And how true is it? You can tell me if this is not true at all, but how true is it that at first it seemed as if you were both going for your own ends mm -hmm. towards your own goals and not considering what the other needed? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. You know, I'll share that our very first meeting in terms of a professional supervisor employee role, I didn't expect it to go the way it did. And I don't think she did either. I felt it was set up as a conversation about let's talk about the next year ahead for you, me, my career. And she brought forward all these great plans and I thought they were awesome except for two things. And I thought that was where I was to, you know, speak in and say, you know, these are great. I'd like to do them in this manner, maybe retime it to another year because it's not relevant this year. That's really how I thought the conversation was going. And then boom, I got the, do you think you can tell me no? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is my career. I don't understand. I thought we we're having a conversation. And that was really when I, I started to learn that her preference in dealing with situations was I tell you what to do and you do it. And my preference is you can bring to me your ideas and I want to be involved in the conversation. Mm. So we had really different concepts of what a conversation meant. And um, I'll tell you what, a lot of conflict that I help people with has to deal with defining a particular word. And mm. I'll give you an example. I had a lady come to me and she said, my husband said he would support me when I went to school but I'm still having to take care of the kids and do the cooking and the cleaning. And I asked her, I said, have you ever asked him what support means to him? So she went yes. home and she came back the next day and she goes, wow, I had no idea that all that meant for him was that he would financially support the family, but that his expectations were still that I take care of the kids, take care of the house and cook the meals. So she was angry at him and he was getting frustrated with her because they had a very different definition of the word support. But once they had that conversation, they could have a different conversation about what her needs were and what his needs were. Yes, I, I absolutely love um, that you shared that because that is all about making sure that we're speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. You know, not just saying the same words, but understanding the meaning behind those words. That's right. And we tend to think we do understand each other, but we don't, we have to do the work. We have to actually ask when you're in a point where you're like at odds with somebody and you think you're talking the same language, take a break and then come back and say, okay, when you use this word, whatever that is for you that you're hung up on in this moment, when you use this word support, 
what does it mean for you? Because I'm, I'm imagining X, Y, and Z. And I think we're talking two different things here. That is probably where your problem is. Yes, that is a very powerful distinction to make. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think about often and that I talk and write about is transformational language. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> what I mean by transformational language is that the, the types of words you use determine how you experience the situation, whatever that is, how you experience life, how you think about life even, how you think about the situation. And how have you found that to, or have you found that to be true within developing your Conquer Conflict program? It is foundational to the Conquer yeah. Conflict program. There is a phrase I heard, and I believe it comes from Lindsay Wagner. I think I heard it on the radio. And the, the impact or the, the message is when you shift your perspective, you change the experience. Mm -hmm. And that is true for past, present, and future events. I can look back, like just like on my bully, I can look back on her and I can reshape it. I don't actually believe she intended to be a bully. But when I was in the moment, she was a bully. And so it's, it's something you can do for everything in your life is to go back and look at how do you talk about it? How are you experiencing it? How do you want to experience it? What are the outcomes you actually want out of this? And can you get there? Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. When I asked that question of you about the transformational language, it all of a sudden brought to mind a situation that I experienced many, many moons ago. And I was working in a company and had a coworker who I didn't work super closely with, but I did have interactions with. I was, I would be friendly. I would be friendly. I'd say, hi, how are you? Um, and compliment her. I, I would have, I would try to strike up a conversation and even a friendship, but she would barely grunt in my general direction when she walked past. And on the outside, I was continuously trying, being pleasant, smiling, being nice. But on the inside, I was, I was having these thoughts. It's like, why is she so cranky? why is she mean to me? Mm -hmm. You know, why is she frowning? And this went on for a while and I was getting really frustrated. And I, I sat down and I said, I am doing everything in my power to be nice to her, to sort of build this working relationship. And what else can I possibly do? And I really sat down and thought, and I realized the only thing that I hadn't changed with how I interacted with her were my thoughts, how I thought about her, mm -hmm. both in the moment and around, you know, before and after the situations. It was, I was saying all the nice things and I was smiling and being pleasant as much as I possibly could, but I wasn't thinking nice things and I wasn't thinking pleasant thoughts about her. Mm -hmm. And so... I had decided to do an experiment. I would change nothing about the out, outward um, expression. You know, I was still nice to her, still pleasant. But instead, if I couldn't find anything nice to say, I was like, 
I'm sure she's a really nice person, but really mean it. Not just saying it, not just thinking the words, but really believing the words mm -hmm. that I'm sure she's a really nice person or that blouse looks really good on her. Yeah. Thinking truly kind and loving thoughts, not just, oh, nice shirt. It'd be like, oh, that's a nice shirt on her today. And how did that change for you? Nearly immediately. Mm -hmm. I noticed she give me a strange look like what what the fuck's different <laughs> what's different that's going to be edited out leave it in <laughs> what's different she just like this wtf moment of like huh and i just kept going i noticed the huh and just positive loving accepting complimentary thoughts and in less than a week all of a sudden she'd smile at me all of a sudden she'd stop and have a conversation with me and the only thing that changed was how i thought about her and that is the power of choice and decision and i will sh i would suggest that your thoughts also changed your nonverbals with you not even knowing oh, it yes you were less micro stiff. expressions yes micro expressions body language you know no matter how much you try to change your micro expressions and your body language if you're thinking the anxious thoughts or you're thinking the angry thoughts or you're thinking the like ah, mean thoughts yes your body is going to reflect that and yeah, I, I think even just changing my entire perception of her and thinking truly loving and compassionate thoughts mm -hmm. changed my entire expression. Absolutely. It saves not just work relationships, but it can save marriages. It can save mm -hmm. families. These are so powerful, these tools. And I think people often overlook them as, as too simple to make a change. Like there's got to be something harder. There's got to be something bigger. But in my Conquer Conflict Masterclass, the very first step is about knowing yourself. And that's mm -hmm. the hardest step because yeah. you do have to look at yourself and go, gosh, I've been thinking mean thoughts about this person this whole time. And recognizing that that shows up in your tone, in your stance, in your timing, in your word choice, and really owning the parts that you bring to that as opposed to blaming and projecting onto somebody else. Because as you mentioned, you mentioned a few powerful things in there you couldn't change her. You wanted to change her, right? but you couldn't change her. But the power of changing yourself influenced her to react yes. differently. And that is where our power comes within relationships is when you change how you interact, they notice and they are forced to react differently. Now they may not right away. You may still get the hostile, you may still get the anger, but if you are persistent in your approach, they will start to go, just like you mentioned, the WTF, what is going on with this person? And they think about you differently. They interact with you differently. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very powerful. And so I absolutely love what you've done. And what are a few tips that you could share with my audience about conquering their conflict? Yeah. So the five steps that I talk about that is in the free download at conquerconflict.com. The first step is to know yourself and do not gloss over that stage. 
that mm. is real work that will get you real results. And it goes from everything to feelings, to emotions, to gender, to occupation, all those things. Know thyself. The second thing you need to have is be solution focused and not your solution, but solution focused where relationship maintains integrity. Like Ready a win-win. That's right. Um, collaboration is usually the word I like to use as opposed to a win-win. People sometimes don't like win-win because it feels like they have to give up something. I'm not sure why. Mm. Um, but to collaborate means that you're all coming together for a, for a goal. Transformational so, language happening right there. <laughs> solution focus. Recall in my initial bullying experience, I was solution focused, but it was my solution. There was right. no collaboration. So that has to happen. The third thing you need is a mentor. It is a fact that we are not taught communication skills anywhere in our schooling, in elementary and junior and senior high, if that's what you call it in the States, um, college and university, unless you specifically take a course for your program. We do not get taught this stuff. It's all on the job learning, on the playground. And yep. so you need a mentor to help you dissect your thoughts and your feelings to help you understand your goals and the path to get there and to help you revisit things when they don't go right. Cause they will not always go right. I think that's powerfully, powerfully true because if you think about how we grow up and in our formative years, when we're growing up as children and even in teenage years, we have no formal education on how to deal with conflict. We learn how to deal with conflict from watching our parents, from watching our friends, from dealing with teachers. And most of that is just all survival mechanisms. You're just trying to get through life. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of our communication challenges happen from survival experiences and not setting us up for thriving experiences. Yeah. yeah. It's the one and done, right? When I talked to my boss and I spoke up and I found my voice and I said, you will not treat me this way again. And it worked. I thought that was the magic key for the rest of my life, but it's not, you have to have different tools for different relationships for different reasons, even within that relationship. Absolutely. Mm. So getting a mentor is important. Have a system is the fourth step. So I teach the paused method that's come out of all of my research and experience. There's particular things in there. They don't have to happen sequentially, but having a system and knowing where you're going well and where you're not going well. And then the last one is to be able to, first of all, give yourself grace. So grace that you're not going to get it right and give the other person grace that they're not going to get it right because they're working through their own unique characteristics. So there's a bit of a renewal and review and revise section. So sometimes you got to take a step back and go, dang, that didn't go as planned. And I have yep. many moments like that, but to be willing to go again and have a second conversation and say, you know what, this is important. I value you enough. I value this enough. Can we try this again? Here's what I, here's what I've learned and, and go in again. And you, just as you described that process, I had like a vision of that happening in my own life and mm -hmm. it just felt so nurturing. And mm -hmm. I imagine that if someone were to come to me that way, that I would feel valued. Yes. Yeah. You know what? There's a lot of power in how you approach and what you say when you approach and we don't have the right answers. 
But mm. if you work through it with somebody who can, who's ahead of you, who's been yes. there, uh, they'll definitely get you farther. Yeah. Farther, faster. I, I, I truly believe that people can get there on their own eventually yeah, through a lot of trial and error and a lot of pain and struggle and self-torture yeah. and, you know, getting a mentor, having someone who can say, Hey, look, I've been there. I've done that. And I've experienced very similar to what you've experienced. And I found these tools. You don't have to create them from scratch all on your own. Mm -hmm. Let me save you years of misery, yeah. years of health problems and challenges and yeah. struggles. Yeah, you yeah. can go, go along doing it the way you've always done it and struggle. Uh, but I will tell you, having been through the system, counseling is not the answer. Medications are not the answer. Stress leave is not the answer. Those are not the answers to your problem. The yeah, answer is because as problem, soon as you come back, it's there. You it's need there to again. develop those skills of communication. You need to be able to find a way to engage and share your boundaries, share your expectations in a nurturing way, not a threatening way. I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that can be found within your um, your gift that you're sharing with my yes. listeners. Yes. The five steps they're in there at conquerconflict.com. You'll get access to those five steps that I talked about. For and sure. that'll all be in the show notes. Awesome. And Tammy, how else can people get to know you? Get to know me, <laughs> get to know you, get to know you, learn how to work with you. Well, I like wine. <laughs> <laughs> we can always have a wine zoom date i'm happy with that too oh my goodness um well my email is info at tammydunnett.com that's t-a-m-m-y-d-u-n-n-e-t-t.com email me you can always from that conquerconflict.com website you can get some more information about my masterclass program and apply to work with me through that course it's an eight-week online blended delivery and of course, they can just follow me on YouTube. I have the Conquer Conflict series on my YouTube station, which is Nurse Minder. So just so you know, for your listeners, Nurse Minder is my big umbrella business name, mm -hmm. of which Conquer Conflict is a series of education that I provide throughout there. Awesome. Definitely. Yes, all of your contact information and your social media will be in the show notes. Okay, awesome. Tammy, again, it's been such a pleasure having you on this interview. I always and love chatting with you. We have such um, similar mindsets about how we can change our own worlds and change the worlds around us that I just always enjoy chatting with you. I always find that I learn something new and I find new ways of, of talking about it with you. And so I really love having conversations with you. And I would love to have you come back at some point um, so you can talk about some of the successes that your students have found using the mm -hmm. Conquer Conflict program. Oh yeah, for sure. I love to highlight those success stories. Yeah. It's funny because we just finished a, a masterclass, just as a quick highlight, we just finished a masterclass and then talking with them all individually after. And I'm like, so do you remember why you started this class? I have them fill out an application as to what's bugging them now. And when I share with them what they wrote and where they are now, they're equally amazed when they see the growth. They're like, oh, 
I kind of forgotten about that because I figured I figured that out partway through this course and I didn't realize that was a problem anymore. It's pretty amazing. That is amazing. And and so awesome to see the transformations that happen mm -hmm. and helping them see the transformation that happened for them. Oh, that's important. I had yeah. this one lady who kept saying, you know, I am, I am, I am. And it was all negative talk about the past and how she could never be more than. And about week five in, in that eight week program, she started to talk very differently and she was no longer using those past terms to describe herself. And I had to stop and just highlight it. Like, do you recognize what you just said or what you didn't just say? Yeah. And she's like, what? And I highlighted, she goes, oh, and the other girls in the group are like all nodding their head. Yes, we've seen this transformation. <laughs> Witness. Witness. It was fabulous. That's awesome. And yes, I would love to have you come back and talk more about that. For sure. Thank we you definitely again, will. Tammy. Thank you for having me. Stay tuned for the next episode where we talk again with the mind shark, Joe Cursillo. Joe is a celebrated author, business coach, lawyer, mentalist, and motivational speaker. He helps companies to thrive by focusing on the idea of having a unifying vision. He has helped countless business leaders to improve their effectiveness by adopting and carrying out their mission. Joe specializes in helping companies to tap into the power of their millennial employees and bridge the gap between generations. Stay tuned, folks. You won't want to miss it. Hey, thanks for listening. I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can immediately implement in your life or business. If so, one of the easiest ways you can help me and multiply your impact is to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and help me reach other heart-centered and socially conscious entrepreneurs like you. As a special thank you, when you leave your rating and review, you'll win a 15-minute free consultation meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again and be awesome.